And we're live. Welcome to The WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for you guys today, starting, of course, with AMD's upcoming AM5 CPU socket. That's right. No more AM1, AM2, AM3, or AM4. We have now moved on to five. And there's some questionable counting that got us here because AM1 was never yeah. a thing. And also there was am2 plus in there somewhere along the line but those are minor details uh, those days are those days are behind us uh, in other news this week uh windows no that's boring 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 you know what let's talk about no, it's a great it's a great show <laughs> yes we've got a lot of great topics for you guys today we got one we got one good topic uh we also have winget i want to talk about winget this is okay. yet another Linux feature that is making its way to Windows, much to the bafflement of many Windows users who just have never experienced such, uh, such, such grace, such seamless I, I operation. Think, I, okay, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, right we're now. gonna yeah, talk we're about it later, stuff. Luke. Later. 16 gigs of RAM is not enough, okay? It's not enough. We moved on. That was a spec that we used years ago as the suggested amount of RAM, it's not enough. It's also not enough in iPads anymore, okay? It's not enough in anything. What, 16 gigs not enough for an iPad? Figure it out. Didn't they just get 16 gigs? Yeah, maybe. Okay, what maybe else we got? they don't know what they're doing over there, okay? Um, also, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I wanna go over this one. Amazon to install meditation kiosks in their, in their, in their warehouses. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. So, okay. Nice. Luke is actually hearing <laughs> nice. about this for the first time. There's actually been one new development since then that I am aware oh, wow. of. Okay. Um, I believe they have removed the tweet and the video talking about this. I'm sure we can still get access to it though. It's a oh, doozy. Man. It's a doozy. We're going to talk about it. Let's roll that <laughs> intro. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. It's, it's exactly as bad as you think it is. It sounds like <laughs> just the naming of things is so amazing. Yeah. It's like, how do you manage to be a company this size with this many smart people working there and just have absolutely no idea whatsoever? I just can't even, I can't even begin to describe the out of touchness. Um, our, our show today is brought to you by uh, .tech. Anchor and PDF Element. I'm just going to go ahead and click the viewer activity tab so that I'm not going to miss out on the uh, not going to miss out on the super chats people send in that I will probably not read anyway. Don't send super chats because I usually don't see them. And let's go ahead and jump right into the big news, man. Do you remember when it was Intel CPU launches that were exciting? Yeah, do you also remember when CPUs weren't like absolute massive chungus? I, I was actually it, expecting you to say no <laughs> because it's been a while. Oh, well, I mean, that's true. I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's you remember been the, such a weird flip. Remember the 2600K? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, okay. If, like if you, if you look back at when you and I started working together, which was a long time ago yep. at this point. Over 10 years um, now. We, we have flipped from all Intel news to all AMD news. Basically. And it's, been, it's been such a long time. You'd think that at least some point in there, it would essentially be a time where it was like really notably both. 
and we had a little bit of that crossover here or there, but it's pretty much just been all Intel news or all AMD news. Yeah. Which is really weird yeah we're in the amd era and this is according to a leak from sure. executable fix who apparently has a pretty good track record with amd leaks uh that the upcoming amd am5 socket will be lga 1718 so this will be similar to most intel and all of amd's threadripper processors in that instead of using pins on the bottom of the cpu and then little holes in the socket on the motherboard, it's going to use pads on the CPU and then a uh, Langard array of pins uh, in the motherboard itself. So we've actually got a display capture. This image is from at XUFix. Uh, oops, see daisies. Up. Oh no, oh, now I've moved other things. Oh, that's okay, there we go. Um, oh, supposedly, this is what AM5 Raphael will look like from the bottom. That's right. You're seeing it here first, unless you follow at XCXCQFix on Twitter. Um, that's all 1,718 pins. Now let's talk about what exactly Raphael is going to be. Basically, we are expecting support for DDR4 and 5. So this is apparently going to be a backwards compatible platform, which is something we have actually seen before. I'm yep. trying to remember the last time it would have been, was it? I mean, on mobile, it's really common to see support for you know, DDR3 or DDR4, especially when uh, low power DDR3 was a thing and low power DDR4 wasn't a thing yet. You saw a lot of ultrabooks that were still using low power DDR3, but I'm trying to remember the last time this was a significant feature on desktop. The only time I specifically remember it, and I'm, I'm wouldn't be surprised at all if it happened again after this, but I remember the DDR3, DDR2 mix boards. There was yep. quite a few of those. That was definitely a big thing. So J-W-L-E-L-E, no idea how to pronounce that. Over on Floatplane says AM3 supported DDR3 and DDR2. Yep, yeah. that's correct. So there was no, there wasn't really much of a compelling performance difference on that platform between DDR2 and DDR3. And I remember that there was a, a lot of discussion around whether you should spend the extra on DDR3 at that time. Uh, there were even boards that, like you said, Luke, had support for both DDR2 and DDR3. In fact, I remember this really yeah. amazing ASRock board way back in the day. Yeah. Oh man, what was that thing called? Uh, DDR1, DDR2. I think I had support for DDR1 and DDR2. Um, nah, this isn't the one I'm thinking of, but this is definitely a really cool board that did happen to have support for both DDR1 and DDR2, the 775 Dual Vista. Now this was, as you guys might've guessed, around the time of Windows Vista. Um, and I guess this is one of those, uh, one of those kind of weird marketing moves, um, kind of like AMD in their Athlon XPs around the time of Windows XP, you know, Hey, yeah, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. great for Vista. And this is a really cool board because it's got support for DDR1 and DDR2 memory. And then even more interestingly, it's got support for AGP and PCI Express. So the idea was that you could go uh, Core 2 Duo. So this was, this was just such a leap forward in CPU performance at that time. You could go Core 2 Duo, but while only investing in a new CPU, 
uh, cooler, if I recall correctly, no. Yeah, if you were already Intel, I don't believe you needed a new cooler. So new CPU, new motherboard, that's it. You carry forward your RAM, you carry forward your graphics card, and you can update them at your leisure. And as long as you weren't heavy into overclocking, it was probably fine. Technically, it had overclocking features, but, mm, you know, it, it wasn't... It wasn't great. Uh, the one I was actually thinking of that I daily drove is this one. Yeah, this one. So sorry, this one was not actually a DDR2 and DDR1 board. This was a only DDR1, uh, but this thing was super neat in that it had uh, PCI Express and AGP as well. Uh, so there you go. There's your brown AGP slot as well as your PCI Express slot. And then it also had this... Uh, crazy chungus yellow slot here that allowed you to go from uh socket was it socket 754 to 939 or something like that I, I can't remember what this stupid thing did. oh future cpu port that's right they didn't know because they had actually done a previous board where you went from 754 to 939 that wasn't this one although you know what this doesn't actually seem quite right either because the one that i had was actually like quite quite overclockable Oh man, I, it does. It doesn't matter. The point is, I have gotten off the rails a little bit here. AM5 is going to have support for DDR4 and 5, along with PCI Express Gen 5. That is freaking crazy to think about. Like, wrap your brain around this, Luke. Not that long ago, I was working in a computer store. Okay, selling PCI Express Gen I mean, One it's motherboards. Been a while. It's been a while, Luke. You. It's, it's okay so i was in the computer store um oh, oh man hold on a second let me just let me just I, try I to would think. shop from your computer store okay okay this this was the kind of motherboard okay that i was selling in the computer store at that time this is the a8n32 sli oh no that's not the deluxe whatever it's the a8n32 sli they were right around the same time uh this is a pci express 16x slot that was the state of the freaking art at the time and you would put your super high powered uh you know what would that have been around that time like uh like 8800 gtx no not even holy crap it was pre that this is like 6800 uh 6800 like 70 7800 era um wow okay it was a while ago uh and that was all the bandwidth you could possibly imagine needing, even for a high-end graphics card. There were even questions at the time about whether we even needed PCI Express because AGP was more than enough for even the highest-end graphics cards. Now, since then, we have doubled our PCI Express bandwidth one, two, three, four times. So what that means is PCIe, hold on, generations. Let's have a look at what the actual numbers work out to here. So that first generation per link was about 250 megabytes per second. So 16 links would have been... Doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh man, I need my calculator. Times 16 would have been about four... No, sorry, excuse me. Uh, 16 would have been about eight gigabytes a second. All right. So now moving on to PCI Express 5. Let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at a motherboard again. Here we go. Pulling up my screen. 
Na, na, da, here we go. Let's pull up, uh, pull up that board again. So now, oh crap, this doesn't even have any PCI Express 1X slots. Oh, that makes my point very, very challenging to make. I need a board with PCI Express 1X slots. Motherboard. I swear to you guys, I'm going to get there. This is the problem with doing these things live. There we go. That right down there. Are you, are you kidding me? Ugh. Okay. There we go. That little tiny thing down there on the bottom. That now has half of the bandwidth or will with PCI Express Gen 5. Half of the bandwidth of what used to be a full-sized PCI Express 16X slot. So you could theoretically take one of those you know, like graphics cards from back then, plug it into this dinky little tiny slot, and you would get absolutely the full performance that it was capable of. And yes, modern GPUs quite a bit faster, but have we even fully begun to take advantage of PCI Express Gen 4? Not freaking likely. With that said, there's a lot of benefits to having much, much faster PCI Express. Like GPUs aren't the only thing that needs to have a ton of bandwidth allocated to it anymore. Nowadays, the IO on a motherboard is crazy. Like every time you wanna put a USB, uh, you know, 10 gigabit per second port on your motherboard, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a gigabyte per second and I'm I'm rounding obviously but that's uh freaking that's a freaking lot of bandwidth so if you want to have you know an entire back panel of your motherboard that's covered in these that's covered in these ports it's like oh yeah okay now all of a sudden being able to go much much faster per lane is going to make a huge difference also in you know the server space oh, getting boring now uh, being able to split these pci express lanes out so you could actually take even modern graphics cards and go okay yeah we've got you know 16 lanes which we could use for a single 16x slot or we could take those 16 lanes split them out be running compute on 16 different gpus that are all connected to it or realistically actually a lot more than that with pci express switching and get just unheard of connectivity and performance out of these next generation cpus so super exciting pci express gen 5 is it going to make your graphics card in your gaming rig faster yeah no not really um but does it have a lot of potential absolutely there's going to be some challenges though um Tom's Hardware spoke with Microchip, which develops PCI Express Gen 5 switches, and the company told them that Gen 5's requirements will be even more arduous for motherboard manufacturers, likely increasing cost even more than what the industry had to absorb in the move to Gen 4, which was pretty significant. There were cases where we even saw motherboards in the server space, not necessarily in the consumer space, where they would have the same basic motherboard, but one of them was Gen 4 capable because it meant much thicker traces. And one of them was, and in some cases, I believe more uh, PCB layers. And then one that was just Gen 3 capable if you didn't need it. And it would just run at a, at a slower speed for the PCI Express lanes. Um, but that would be less expensive. Um, hmm. Now, this is interesting. Oh, wait, what the hell is going on? which is intended Intel's all okay I completely read this wrong I need to stop doing this show live can I can I rewind Luke this is a little embarrassing 
because nope. AMD apparently Illegal. is not moving forward with Gen 5 on the upcoming Ryzen platform. It is Intel's Alder Lake that is expected to have PCI Express Gen 5 support. So, um, yeah. Well, all right. I guess I'm excited for Alder Lake, but also not because it's going to make your GPU any faster. Oh, and another thing it's yeah. probably not going to make any faster is your SSD. So the move to Gen 4 even for consumer SSDs has been mostly a marketing one. So yes, you can actually buy SSDs today that have really gigantic numbers on the box. Like if you buy a, a Samsung 980 Pro, for example, it's going to have this massive 7 gigabyte per second you know, number advertised on the outside of the box. But the reality of it is, as drive capacities go up, the only way that manufacturers are able to achieve that in a cost-effective manner is by using NAND flash that stores more and more bits per cell. And when you store more bits per cell, you get more capacity for a given, uh, for a given NAND module, but what you're, excuse me, uh, for a given NAND package, but what you are missing out on is write endurance and in particular, write performance. So while you're gonna have these drives that are able to saturate your PCI Express Gen 4 link, and I would be amazed if you don't see manufacturers pushing the limits so that you can saturate a Gen 5 by 4 link, um, as soon as you actually write to it for a sustained amount of time, you are going to start to see that performance, not just trail off, but fall off a cliff because the NAND flash just can't keep up. And even high performance drives, like the 980 Pro is TLC now, if I recall correctly. Although Samsung doesn't actually market it that way. Yeah, three bit TLC versus the two bit MLC of the previous generation. So um, yeah, it's cool, but um, I don't know. Probably not going to, probably not going to be a game changer, at least for consumers. Well, yeah, I, a lot of this just smells like they're just trying to be ready. They might end up using this uh, socket for a while, right? So, we'll see. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, a big part of it too is a lot of the research and development that you do for your server platform uh, will often end up in your workstation platform, true. which ends up yeah. in your consumer platform, and in some cases, even vice versa. It's sort of whatever's whatever's driving whatever's driving R and D forward. It's not like you're going to go ahead and throw that work away because yeah. oh well the the smelly workstation division did that so we simply won't use this technology in the in the server space i mean if anything the cost to develop this stuff is so astronomically high you want to reuse as much as possible wherever you can i mean a perfect example yeah. of that is the uh the lga 11 series like the you know the consumer sized xeon chips that intel makes where yeah. the only major difference is that they've got a couple of, you know, switches flipped in them. So they support ECC and something else. I can't remember. They're, they're the exact same silicon because the, the cost is so much lower to develop that once and then flip around some switches. So these guys pay a bit more and these guys pay a bit less and you know, hopefully your margins land somewhere right in the middle compared to actually developing completely discrete, uh, discrete dyes to go in two completely separate product lines. Um, 
So for those of you not familiar, the move to an LGA rather than a PGA socket is going to have an impact. Uh, it means that you'll be less likely to drop a CPU and knock a pin off of it or bend it, which is good. Uh, it also or means have you're to painstakingly try to repair it. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> it means you're less likely to accidentally pull the CPU out of the socket if your thermal compound kind of suctions it on there. Uh, but it also means that your motherboard is going to be much, much um, easier to damage as well. Now, this is interesting. Jake put in this topic and he says, in my experience, it's usually easier to repair pins on a motherboard than a CPU because there's less chance of breaking a pin off and it's less likely they'll get damaged in the first place. That's actually a strong disagree from me. My experience is quite really? different. I don't have trouble repairing CPU pins compared to repairing motherboard pins because I find the way the motherboard pins work is they're kind of like they're kind of bent in like a Kamir and then like a like a third thing. They've got like kind of these two bends to them. And the very end is extremely fine. Like it's an extremely thin bit of metal. And so you can actually break the little ball on the end off quite easily if you spend a while trying to kind of bend it back and forth. Now, I've had situations where I've had one joint missing off of the little finger and I've managed to just <laughs> wrench the what remained kind of out and up high enough to make contact with the pad on the bottom of the CPU. But it's not something that I would prefer and it's not something that I would recommend. And I also just find all the little bends and stuff a lot more distracting to look at and it's a lot harder to tell if I've got it aligned perfectly because... With a pin, all you have to do is align it in X and Y, right? But in the socket, yeah. you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to make sure you have it at the right height or you're not going to have enough pressure once the CPU is secured into the socket by the hold down clip. So I can't say I've shared Jake's experience, but that doesn't invalidate his experience. Uh, all it means is that your mileage may vary. I was going to say, I, I especially... To, to try to defend Jake here, I think from his experience, he's probably mostly dealt with just like lightly smushed uh, uh, socket pins. Right. And, and in those situations, it's pretty easy to fix. Yes. Um, but having dealt with a lot of damaged CPUs in my time, it's also been pretty easy to do the old, like just run the credit card down the lane thing. Yeah. And and it just, or, or whatever type of thin material you have that's yep. solid, just run it in between a few times and everything will kind of straighten up nicely. And those are usually the problems that you have CPU pins. We don't usually run into the situation we did where an entire pin is just off. Um, what I have mostly seen is things are just bent a bit because it was like improperly stored or whatever. Yeah. You kind of bend them back pretty easily. So, And don't forget yeah, about the classic mechanical pencil trick with pins on the bottom of a CPU. So you just slide that puppy on there, straighten it out and boom. Oh, I, yeah. I really don't find it that challenging. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like pretty simple tricks with uh with CPU pins. I still like the idea of LGA, but um yeah, yeah, I don't know. Experience may differ. All right. Our next topic is uh Facebook sues India. What does that even mean? 
Yeah, a bit weird. Uh, on Wednesday, Facebook-owned WhatsApp sued the Indian government, challenging new regulations that it said could allow authorities to make people's private messages traceable and conduct mass surveillance. That is only for Facebook to do, not the Indian government. Yeah, and the uh, Indian government, they got to be sitting here going like, oh, no, oh, so no, we're being sued by Facebook. That is definitely the largest of our problems right now. Yeah. We don't have any other issues currently plaguing COVID our country. Pla um, oh, <laughs> that's okay. Among, among the, You're just among farming the for puns now. <laughs> <laughs> They're also having a lot of issues with their farmers, just in case you didn't get that joke. Among the new rules are requirements that big social firms well, appoint Indian citizens. Just to clarify, hold on. Actually, I want to clarify yep. for a second. Right. Uh, yep. India is not having issues with their farmers. Their farmers are taking issue with what the Indian government is doing. So that's a much better way of saying that's that. a, that's an important distinction. And, uh, you know, farmers, in case you guys didn't know, uh, are very important. Oh, yeah. Because without farmers eating things is, is pretty, uh, pretty key to survival. Yeah, yeah, you you need you need food. And last time I checked, you are a you are a soft, worthless millennial or Gen Z incapable of of dirtying your hands to farm your own food in your backyard also a separate problem is that this is, is two entire generations of people that cannot afford a backyard but that's a whole that's a whole separate conversation and, to get and, into and therefore no ability to gain that experience or learn how yeah uh, so anyway it's actually really wanting to and certain apartment complexes being pushed into adding green plots so people can have small gardens so they can learn those skills sorry continue yeah the point is uh farms are good and the food <laughs> yes. that comes off of them is good carry on luke yeah. All right. Um, do, 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 do. Among the new rules are requirements that big social media firms appoint Indian citizens to key compliance roles, remove content within 36 hours of a legal order, and set up a mechanism to respond to complaints. Uh, they must also use automated processes to take down uh, avoiding word for demonetization reasons. Um, if I wasn't wearing these things and was on video doing stuff with other people i actually that have no idea what you're talking about content. well I, I don't want to say this because this is a demonetization word what pornography oh that's a demonetization word you just did it oh well i guess we're stuck with it now rip carry okay, on moving on uh, <laughs> the uh the case asked the delhi high court to declare that one of the new it rules is a violation of privacy rights in india's constitution since it requires social media companies to identify the first originator of information when authorities demand it and people familiar with the lawsuit told this to reuters reuters, um, reuters. yeah right reuters is that other thing um yeah, this is this is long and stuff, but I guess um, Facebook in an odd move is trying to um, protect data. Um, yeah, so they're basically saying that because their messages are encrypted end to end, it would have to break encryption for receivers of messages yeah. as well as the originators in order to comply with the new law. Um, oh man, see that's really that's really challenging because I also can understand that aside from conducting mass mass surveillance i can also understand why with some of the problems that they've had with misinformation spreading on whatsapp in india that the indian government might uh might care about knowing where exactly these messages are yeah. originating people have literally died 
because of misinformation spreading on WhatsApp in India. Um, uh, globally, probably, if we're being honest. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 funky because there's also the other problem where like, okay, if they can't do their their encryption stuff that they're currently doing, if even if they're just adding a key for the Indian government, any anytime this this is something that I think governments globally have a really hard time understanding. Yeah. Anytime you add a key, you aren't necessarily giving that key to everyone, but that key is somehow available now. Yeah. Um, and it exists, which is better, it, which is, sorry, worse than a key that does not exist. Exactly. Um, so you're not necessarily just handing it out to everyone, but it is, there is now potential that somehow it could be taken. Um, and whenever that is a reality, it is often found that eventually that key is taken. Um, the, there's lots of governments that have a, a big issue understanding this because they're like, no, I want access to the stuff. You don't have to give it to other people, but you have to give it to me. And it's like, okay, well, that ends up giving it to everyone because <laughs> you see the amount of like breaches. I mean, uh, didn't Canada Post just have like a 900,000 person data breach or something? I'm not sure. I didn't see that one. Um, at this point, like everyone's just numb to it. This stuff happens all the time. Um, so it yeah. gets. This gets really challenging too, because if I'm Facebook or I'm Twitter, on the one hand, I can understand a legitimate, a legitimate use for this kind of uh, this kind of oversight. But on the other hand, it's not like India's ruling party has a great track record for um, as far as disinformation is concerned themselves. So do I really want to hand the keys to the castle on the on the premise that they're trying to, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, pornography and disinformation can be can be dealt with? Do I really want to hand the keys to the castle over to a party that is probably going to abuse it? <laughs> and once yeah. I do that, does it open up the floodgates for other jurisdictions to ask for the same thing? Because the thing is, like, if I'm Facebook or I'm India and I want to operate according to the law, that means I need to operate according to the law in every country that I operate in. So another great example of a company seemingly absolutely kowtowing to a local government in order to have the right to operate there is Apple. Uh, did you see the news, Luke, um, about I think it just finished being built but Apple now has a massive data center in China that like literally has like living complexes around it for all the people that need to staff this thing. And basically, in order for them to keep operating in China, the Chinese government said all your use Chinese user data must be stored in China. And as soon as it's in China, um, with and the, the data center was built in collaboration with a CCP linked entity. As soon as it's in China and staff from this, or I forget what the name of the organization is, but staff from there had physical access to the servers. Effectively, Apple, who spends a lot of their time talking about the importance of user privacy and user data security, has handed over the data of all of their Chinese customers to the Chinese government effectively. Now we don't we don't know that the CCP has actually uh, exercised their ability to get access to this data. Uh, but what we do know is that once you have physical access to a data center, 
it's just a matter of like when you feel like taking it it's not yeah. not a matter of whether um that data is protected at all it's not uh, at that point um so unless it's also inaccessible to the people that own the data center but that's like that's the only yeah so there's so there's lots of concern right so back to my point about how if you want to operate in a given territory you are going to have to comply with the laws of that territory and so what will happen is if Facebook ultimately gives in to the Indian government and does this, then other governments are going to see that and go, oh, wow, it's that easy. We just have to, like, change our law to make it so that what is what is the wording? Uh, any significant social media intermediary. So they're defining it as a firm with over five million registered users um, has to abide by these rules. Uh, we've actually been going through a similar conversation with YouTube over the last little while regarding the Canadian Bill C-10, yes. which yeah. is targeting, uh, well, really media platforms like Netflix, for example, uh, making sure that they are adhering to the same Canadian culture preservation laws that traditional broadcasters have had to for decades. You know, you have to show... X amount of Canadian content alongside international content. You have to have Y amount of French content, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they're now taking those same rules and they're targeting online streaming platforms. And they recently revised the scope to include user-generated content platforms like YouTube. So Google's having a little freak out. And part of it is that they, I mean, okay, they haven't said this, but I'm sure part of it is that in order to show uh, you know, a quota of Canadian content, they would have to change their algorithm and also expose their algorithm to scrutiny from outsiders to make sure that it's actually doing what they say it's doing. Um, it would be a lot of development work. Um, they, they hate yeah. sharing the internal workings of how suggested, like, recommended videos work on YouTube. And then the, the bigger concern, I suspect, from Google's point of view, is that as soon as the Canadian government gets this through, other countries, much the same as we're talking about here, are going to look at that and go, "Oh, yeah, we I mean, want that too." Yeah, why don't why don't well. why don't we have control over you know what Google is serving to our citizens? And there's a there's a lot of regimes in the world that um, I would be a lot more concerned than the Canadian government, though they've hardly had um, <clears throat> a perfect track record of late. But there's a lot of regimes in the world that I would be even more concerned about having control over what can and can't be transmitted over social media. I mean, it really feels like we're coming to a point where the, the free and open Internet is being assaulted from all sides. And, uh, you know, even the ones that like Apple sort of talk a lot about user privacy and user security first ultimately have demonstrated that when push comes to shove, making sure that they can put iPhones in the hands of Chinese consumers is more important than actually safeguarding their data. And I, I'm only singling out Apple because they're in the news about this like massive data center that they basically collaborated with the Chinese government on. That's the only reason I'm picking on them. Don't imagine that I imagine that Google or Facebook or Microsoft or Amazon is ultimately going to behave any differently until I see proof otherwise. Yeah, I mean, a precedent for a lot of those companies has been set already that they wouldn't. So, um, yeah. Anyways, yep. moving on, I think. 
Uh, oh, interesting. Yaxhuang in the Floatplane chat says, three years ago, I got a message saying that my iCloud account was subject to move to China. I was staying in China at that time. I'm Canadian. I sent a very threatening email to Apple's support and CEO's office, and they apologized in an email very carefully. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing that you would want to be extremely um, careful about how you apologize. Because if you apologize to this Canadian customer too profusely because it was unthinkable for us to move your data to China, well... That's offensive to... Yeah. Chinese customers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It's like, ooh, yeah, okay. Um, Jamal Taylor says, yeah, walking away from a billion or, or multi-billion person market isn't something you can just say screw it and do. I mean, it is something you can do because even though India and China have two and a half billion between them, almost three billion, I think, between the two of them at this point, there's there's still billions and billions of customers outside of those places that you 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 could still work with. Um, now that is is an option. Whether it's you know a great option for your shareholders who you are beholden to is a completely separate conversation. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So actually, okay. So in summary, actually, in fairness. Um, Facebook's opposition to the Indian government seems to be, on the surface anyway, mostly about the good of the people and the privacy of the people. So, um, hey, maybe there's maybe there's some maybe there's some hope. Maybe maybe Mark has enough now, and his Hawaiian island is enough, and he doesn't need more money. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that either. I don't know about that. Can I, I, can I just I think positive, wonder, please? Sorry? Can I just think positive, please? No. No, no, no. Why? That's illegal. Um, uh, straight to jail. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I do wonder what the Zuck's uh, land ownings are going to look like by the time he's uh, by the time he's done. I know, it's right? Interesting. I know. Seems like, it seems like Bezos is, is in the super mega yacht ultra villain route of like half a billion dollar yachts yeah okay yeah cool so he wants the floating land yeah his yacht has a mini yacht and that mini yacht has a helicopter platform because it's so freaking big yeah okay. i got a cool. kick out of that that's um, for his girlfriend so because she's into helicopters yeah so yeah. you know might as well include that um and then the zuck is going traditional you know just just straight up land just as straight much up as evil villain lair on an the, island the, the country that you currently reside in won't let you just run it and do whatever you want well that's not fair just buy your own easy um nice. i'm not going to be able to do that luke unless i tell you about our sponsors here so hey, the show is call. the show is brought to you by anchor thanks to oh no uh i left it downstairs i'll, I'll go get it after this uh thanks to Thank anchor you. for sponsoring today's wan show they want to make it easier for you to charge all of your devices and their new anchor nano 2 is 58% smaller than the 61 watt Apple MacBook charger and comes in three different outputs, 30 watts, 45 watts, and 65 watts. So you can power a 13 inch MacBook, Dell XPS 13, or a Surface Pro 6 and charge them at full speed with a little tiny cooler. It also supports Samsung's super fast charging system for quick battery top-ups. You can pre-order it at the link in the video description. The show is also brought to you by PDF Element. They wanna make working with PDFs feel painless. That is what a goal what a goal right 
PDF Element is an all-in-one PDF editor that offers the easiest way to create, edit, convert, annotate, and sign PDF documents on Windows, Mac, and iOS. You can convert any PDF to and from Microsoft Word, Excel, and PowerPoint formats without losing any formatting, search for words or text through large PDF files, add certified digital signatures to help recipients validate document authenticity and integrity, and the team over at PDF Element are giving three lucky viewers a chance to get the pro version of PDF Element for free. So just click the link in the description to get 50% off and to enter the giveaway before it closes on June 20th. And then there's our next sponsor, .tech Domains. Want to help every student get equal access to computer science for a more inclusive and connected future. In the U.S., only 47% of public high schools offer comp sci classes, and out of 219 countries in the world, only 73% are, are piloting computer science in school. Um, oh, sorry, 73% are only piloting comp science school or doing nothing at all. So .tech domains, along with Namecheap, are going to be donating not 10, not 50, but 100% of their sales proceeds to code.org as part of a campaign to help computer science and tech education access in the world, including to young women and marginalized communities. And they asked us to share a personal story about uh, our, our early interaction with technology. So that's uh, funny they mention sort of computers and school because uh, my first interaction with computers was at school. Um, I really enjoyed Math Circus. Um, that was, that nice. was one of my favorite games, nice. right? Wasn't Math Circus amazing? Yeah. Um, and then probably the first like true game that I played was, um, well, this is the, oh man, I should say this is the, the earliest I remember, but I know from talking to my stepdad that I had exposure before. This is just what I remember. Uh, and then the first like real game game that I played would have been Dino Park Tycoon. And then um, they wanted you to share a story about how you got into computers. Yeah, um, honestly, uh, I, I I think my the main story that I like telling was I was I was already pretty into computers at this time, but I think the biggest step that I I really made that solidified like no I'm I'm doing this now was uh, mixed with school as well. One of my friends used to come over to my house before school, and then we would carpool to school. But there was about a half an hour gap there before we left after he showed up, and we used to play Diablo one. Uh, but nice. we play together on the same computer and we had two computers. So over time, I wanted to try to figure out how to get that old LAN connection working between the two of them. And I had no idea what was going on because I was in elementary school. But I figured it out and we were eventually able to both play at the same time with two different characters on two different computers. And that was that was super cool. And I think that was my first like major step into this realm. So to support the cause, go to uh, check out <clears throat> go.tech slash WAN today and uh, support it with your very own .tech domain. Oh, I just got signed out of Google Docs. Thank you so much for that. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna go get that charger, but first- Do you want me I... to go through the points for it? No, or... no, I want, to, uh, I want to show you guys this. So this is a streamer, uh, Gamer Zach. I have no idea if this guy's a good streamer or a bad streamer, but what I do know is that he is playing Dino Park Tycoon. Uh, so this is what it looked like. These are all the different kinds of fences you can get for your dinosaurs. You can see he's gone mega baller and put a gotten a chain link fence for one of his dinosaurs. This was pretty much the entire park. Like it's a little bit bigger than this, but um, there's your ledger. The thing about this game is that 
there was basically no way to uh, have any kind of impact on the success or failure of your park. You just kind of did stuff and people would kind of come to the park or not come to the park. And it just didn't really, um, it just didn't really matter what you did. <laughs> was one thing that I remember about it. Uh, it's possible that I was just a kid and bad at video games, but it's also possible that it just was not a very well done game. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to start another topic while I go and grab that thing? Sure. There's All a right. few exciting things in here that I want to go over together, um, unfortunately, but I'll choose this one. It's kind of, you know, this is going to be exciting for some people for sure. Some of you won't care. Some of you think it's amazing. I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, there's a huge upgrade coming to USB-C. It's going to be USB-C 2.1. Its power delivery is more than doubling from 100 watts to 240 watts. You might wonder, might be wondering what that means for you. That's enough to power 4K monitors and some gaming laptops, among other devices. So hopefully those massive brick cables for your gaming laptops with these crazy cords might be able to be replaced with USB-C. And some of your monitors might be able to be plugged in that way as well. The more devices that adopt this, I think USB-C is already like nicely here. Um, there's enough things that I use every day that I'm like very actively using USB-C. Um, but the more things that adopt it, especially in this way, it's exciting. Um, it is called Extended Power Range, or EPR. There will be specific icons to label uh, if USB-C is capable of EPR. -E sorry, I might have said EBR, I meant EPR. Uh, there will be symbols labeling if it is capable of EPR or not, um, which, of course, is going to be confusing for some people, but hopefully... Uh, it'll be good enough. There is worry of arcing when plugging and unplugging devices. That makes sense. Um, arcing can occur when the connector is unplugged if the voltage differential between the plug and the receptacle VBUS is greater than 12 volts. Uh, USB Implementers Forum has given suggestions to manufacturers on how to mitigate the arcing. Um, Low power USB-C cables will soon be called standard power range or SPR. Uh, these will max out at 60 watts at three amps. Um, 100 watt five amp cables we use today will be phased out and you'll e either have SPR or standard or EPR extended. Uh, luckily you should be unable to fry any of your electronics if you plug the wrong cable into the wrong device due to um, just digital handshakes. Oh, well, that sounds pretty exciting. 240 yeah. freaking watts. And you it's could plug it into one of these. Hey, remember that sponsor hey. that we had? This is a 65-watt charger. Look how small that is. It looks, it looks like a normal-sized charger in my tiny baby hands. I can't see it, but I can imagine it. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Here's Luke's camera. There we go. See? It's small. <laughs> do you not have, the, uh, do not have the, uh, the, the Discord chat window up? It's not working. I don't have a feed from you. No. Oh, all right. Well, that's a shame. It's all good. All right. What else we got? Oh, look at that. We've got a new shirt on LTT store. Wow. Hey. Look at this. Hey. Nice. We we did a new we did a new hard drive. We did a new hard drive shirt design. That's so that's so cool. And it's reflective. It's reflective in the dark, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this guy. He's wearing it. Look at this other hey. different guy. He's gonna wear it too. Hey. That, uh, one of those guys, that gal, and this guy, look at that gal again. Hey, we saw this guy already. What's going on here? 
So uh, you guys can you guys can check that out on LTTstore.com. I, I do feel like there's possibly no one that does as many product images as you as you guys do, which is good. I'm not like that's not a bad thing. Well, we have fun with it. We got fun here. And it's also nice to just see it in a lot of different scenarios. Like tons of shirts that you buy, it'll just be like, oh, it's that they have that generic photo and they just Photoshop the logo onto the, the shirt again. It's like, I don't know. Nah, dog, that's lame. Yeah, I agree. That sucks. Yep. All right. Let's we talk about let's talk about Winget. Can we talk about okay. Winget yeah, now? Sure. All yeah. right. So the original the original source for this here. Okay, perfect. I can display share. The original source for this here one is Wolframatic Alpha over on the forum. And the summary is Microsoft has released its first stable version of a package manager called Winget. Now Package managers are no new thing and not even a new thing to Windows users, which I actually learned. So that was new to me. I had never heard of Chocolatey. Yeah. Uh, but an official Microsoft package manager, like akin to what you have on Linux, for example, is pretty freaking new. So Winget has multiple commands, including install, search, uninstall, and upgrade and is the second Microsoft-provided way to install software. This raises some real questions about the future of the Windows Store since yeah. it completely bypasses it. So, Luke, uh, as... Okay, I, sorry, keep going. As the better versed in Linux between the two of us, why don't you answer for me the question that... Da, 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 Here it is. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where is it? Ah, Yes. JTalk4456 asked, okay, for a Windows junkie like myself, can you please explain the concept of a package manager? Honestly, this sounds more complicated than just installing a program to me. Why do I want to go into the command line interface just to install something? You probably don't. Okay, well, that's a good beginning to the answer, but also, why does anyone care about this? Tell me. Uh, it's it's nice for really advanced users because you can do things in batches. You can verify the source that it's coming from really easily. Yep. Um, I especially like it when you're working on a multitude of computers uh, because you can parallelize things. You can script one thing to run it on a bunch of different uh, uh, devices or computers at once. Um, it's it's. It's nice for a lot of the same reasons that almost anything in command line is nice for, and it's just as not great as a lot of things that you do command line with are are just as not great for. Like if if you've never heard of this and you're really not into that type of thing and you don't spend any time in command line, et cetera, this probably isn't for you and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and this, I also don't think this is going to completely supersede the Windows Store for the exact same reason. Um, it, it, it will supersede the Windows Store in certain ways, which I think is fantastic because the Windows Store is junk. It's so bad. Uh, it's so amazing it's be, how bad it is. It's terrible. Like so just, it's going to be really, really nice that you yeah. can just not use it, especially if you're a power user. Um, and that's that's great. Um, a big benefit. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. There, there, there's some really nice things about this. It's going to make life easier for some people. It's especially going to make life easier for setting up new systems. Um, Creating custom ISOs was like this really big thing. It's gonna be a lot easier and you can run, just run like a batch and have this just do everything for you. Um, but for the average user, I think this will change nothing, which is completely fine to be very clear. 
but yeah. So I was saying okay. before the show, one, one more thing I can add. I was saying before yeah. the show, this is an extremely non Balmer's Microsoft move because this does create a workaround for a piece of software that Microsoft already has, which is something that would have never flown back then. Uh, this feels much more like a modern Microsoft move, and I like it. It's going to make life notably easier for certain people. Um, it just isn't going to do much for most people, which is completely fine. Yeah. Okay, well, I actually updated Windows right before the show. I don't seem to have it unless there's a oh no you have to install it it's included in the preview version of windows though i think i'm in the preview version can you really access submit your request to the blah 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 participant oh, okay well whatever i don't uh, i apparently do not have it yet i just checked i wanted to do kind of a quick demo of how something like this can actually save time compared to a more traditional way of installing on windows yeah. so you might think oh well gee why would i want to go into uh you know command line in order to install a program well the reason is that it could actually be a lot faster. If all you have to do is click the Windows icon or press your Windows button, type CMD, that puts you in the command prompt, and then go just winget install Firefox. And then the, the whole thing just happens. No next directory, blah, 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 blah. Just none of that. It just installs Firefox. That That is, that is, that is actually potentially faster, assuming that you don't like hunt and pick so, type on your keyboard. I, I will agree with that. I will also bring up uh, the, the Sam in Flowplane chat said, don't forget it'll make upgrades, or sorry, updates much easier for apps. Um, to you, Linus, and to him, I say not necessarily. My only reason for that is for you, this is probably true. For the vast, I'd say probably over 90% of Windows users, that's not true because it's just not easier. And they're just not going to do that because anytime you have to open command line, they're just going to freak out. <laughs> um, that's fair. So yeah, I, I would again go back to like this. It, this is not going to be a thing at all for the vast majority of Windows users. That doesn't mean it's not cool. It's really cool. I'm stoked. It's great. Awesome. But... Uh, we've got some people, T. Clark says Winget just downloads installers and uninstallers. That doesn't sound right. I'm definitely going to have to try it. So uh, consider this, you know, I don't have it. It's, uh, it comes from ignorance, but it sounds definitely better than using the Windows Store or the Microsoft Store because I don't think anything could actually be worse than that. It's kind of amazing to me that the same company that makes you know the Xbox Marketplace on Xbox. I mean, look, looking at the 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 docs.microsoft.com article on Winget, it doesn't look like it's just downloading the installer. It literally says it's installing things. Okay, perfect. Um, so I I mean I haven't used it. Linus hasn't used it. Um, Take this for what it is. But yeah. In other Windows news, we've got Windows 10 2 coming. There's going to be a next generation Windows oh arriving in fall 2021, and it was teased at the Build 2021 developer conference. Uh, here's the quote uh, from Satya Nadella. Soon we will share one of the most significant updates of Windows of the past decade to unlock greater economic opportunity for developers and creators. Developers, developers, de okay, sorry. Uh, codename Sun Valley 21H2. You can expect more details in June at the next event. So they've said in the past that Windows 10 would be the last version of Windows. So it's likely that this is just another Windows 10 update. But the whole next generation thing could imply that this is a very major 
update. Um, and, and also, we, I mean, we said this was going to happen super long time ago. You can't just completely stop uh, a major innovation. Like it's going to happen. They might just stop numbering the operating system, but there's going to yes. be big, big jumps. Which could be exactly what we're looking at. So preview builds have already showcased some of the coming changes. So WinUI 3 integration, a new start menu, new action center, new taskbar, rounded corners. I mean, that sounds like enough <laughs> to justify a new version of Windows back in the day when they released them every couple of years. Honestly, um, Matt, I would take rounded corners this time. I'm so tired of everything being a box. I never liked this design language. I always think it looked like junk. I, at no point in time did I think it looked good. I the the first like Windows 8 uh, menu thing that you had, there was no start menu. Do you remember that? I don't even remember what that was called. Windows 8 tiles or whatever. Hated it. Hate yep. it now. You know what still looks Get good out of my today? <laughs> Windows <What>? Vista. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does. As much as people hated that operating system, and with decently good reason, if you didn't have an absolutely monster machine, I did. It looked good. Get wrecked. And these this square thing, <laughs> I didn't. Um, these <laughs> these square things, I just. Ugh. It's Man, just it's and like so in some places, maybe you could make it look good, but when that's like this is how every single thing is going to look forever, no matter what. It just I don't know. I actually hate it so much. I don't usually get that like. Yeah, I was gonna say passionate about design things, but I just hate this. Everything being so, flat so, and square. So it's just not good. Flat squares everywhere. Oh, this is a fun one. So your flat squares might be a little bit easier to keep track of. Um, the fix for Windows apps rearranging themselves could be part of this update. Uh, I have so many issues with this. Like, oh man, do you ever open a dock in protected view mode? And you go to like you put it where you want to have it. Oh, and, and you, then like, you, click, like, you go yeah, to make a change. <laughs> you click, yes, I want to edit this document. It's from a safe location or whatever. And it goes and it just like moves it somewhere else. It's like, no, I put it where I wanted it to be. I wouldn't have moved it if I didn't want it there. Um, so I think annoying. it's not quite that issue, but it's actually more related to users with multiple monitors. This is one of those issues with Windows that just shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> Like if you unplug a monitor and an application just gets like stuck off of your screen and there's no way to recall it without, I think there are third party tools where you can like build something into um, like the context menu to right click it in the taskbar and like bring it to display one or bring it to display two or whatever. But it is so annoying and not just when you unplug and replug a monitor, but also if you're remoting into a machine. Uh, with software that doesn't have support for multi-monitor, like say, for example, I think the Parsec non-professional version doesn't. Um, but yeah, so apparently there's a fix coming for that. Just hilarious. Uh, this is interesting. Wait, hold on. What the? What is going on here? Is this actually new? Is it? Is this? Is the Steam Pal confirmed? Off the option to dock. Oh, oh, these are these are leaks. These are leaks from Valve. Apparently, they are working on a handheld, which would be uh, exciting if Valve had any kind of level of commit to their hardware projects, except yeah, their VR ones. Not even. Do you remember the the Valve Linux boxes? Do you remember how fast those were dropped? Yeah, that was really that was pretty brutal. Even Steam Link is dead now. Steam controllers are gone. Um, Man, the the and and like good on them, you know, but the speed at which the like uh, uh, computer hardware community jumped on SteamOS was 
crazy. And then Steam just like, eh, don't care anymore. See ya. Well, in Jeez. fairness, in fairness, they did kind of continue spiritually the program with Proton. Um, yes. And that's like yeah. kind of a big deal in terms of Windows game compatibility on Linux now. But I, I don't know. I just it's like it's like Google, right? It's like signing up for their new chat app or music service. Like I don't know. Can I can I commit to this? Do I really want to? Do I really want to integrate this in my life? I'm I'm not sure. Do, do I try to convert people in my life to this, etc.? Um, you know what? You really need to convert people in your life to More the value of meditation. Oh, jeez. Okay. okay. So this is amazing amazon of this has never talked to a warehouse worker ever and i guarantee it oh my goodness Sorry, amazon continue. will install zen booth meditation kiosks in its <sighs> warehouses um so this was actually this was actually a thing that amazon actually announced as part of its working well program and it is exactly what that picture I just showed you looked like. It is a phone booth in the middle of an Amazon warehouse where you go and close the door and cry. With a, with a clear door, um, or at least a partially clear door, so people can see that you're in there. So the claim is that it's to help employees de-stress. It is a mindful practice room, whatever that means, and inside, workers can use a screen to navigate through a library of mental health and mindful practices called Amazen. Amazen. In order to recharge their internal <laughs> battery, um, I like that. I like that recharging internal batteries is the way that we kind of can think of Amazon's warehouse workers. Apparently, they're machines. They need their batteries recharged. Yes. The booths yeah. are equipped with plants, pamphlets, a fan, and tinted blue light. Not too um, much of it, though, because, again, it's about the size of a phone booth. So, yeah, not uh, too many plants. And, yeah. Um, so I would like to look up this Leela Brown, uh, who apparently came up with this. Uh, I just know from... I love LinkedIn. So I haven't worked in... Oh, no, I technically worked in a warehouse. Yeah. I worked at a factory that had a small storage thing on the side. Um, and I worked in the storage of stuff that the factory made um, and distribution onto trucks and stuff like that. So kind of the same, um, at least related. And I know from having worked there and knowing the people that worked there, um, this is not what people want. Um, probably, no. you know, better pay, better working conditions. Um, that yeah. That's probably more what they want. <laughs> yeah. Um... Just say it. So I, I love creeping people on LinkedIn. It's always always oh. fascinating. So um, I got a got a background in injury prevention. Apparently, the uh, lady who came up with this uh, athletic trainer um, at some point in the past. Um, yeah, mostly experience as an athletic trainer and injury prevention specialist at Amazon. So. As you expected, literally zero experience working in a warehouse, which is definitely um, a qualification that I would say Amazon should consider for someone who is creating programs to improve the morale of the workers in their warehouses. Um, 
there are there's been some criticism of the of the Amazon uh, Zen booth. Um, user Talia Lavin said, "I feel like livable wages and working conditions are better than a mobile despair closet." Uh, Alex Press says, oh. "A portable toilet might have actually been more useful." Yeah, got him. Uh, it's not clear when Amazon workers would even be able to use the booths. Uh, workers recently sued the company for failing to schedule legally required 30-minute breaks, then forcing employees to monitor their walkie-talkies if any problems arose. And employees also complained about chronically understaffed shifts that left them unable to take 10-minute rest breaks. It's, it's ironic how people in a warehouse make next to nothing and are expected to run, 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 run like machines and people who work at a desk whose job it is is to like think. Like I can tell you as someone whose job it is is essentially to think, um, I don't work continuously for eight hours at my shift. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It tends to yeah. be a little bit bursty. Like I'll have a, I'll have a go, go, go time. You know, we'll have a rush where Okay, I gotta review a script with Anthony for this, you know, pre-briefing we got on an event, and then while that's being set up to shoot, I need to go shoot a short circuit. Then I need to go straight to Anthony's thing, and I need to shoot that. And then when I'm done, I need to have a quick meeting with James about what happened there. And then, honestly, guys, I'm gonna take like 15 minutes, 10 minutes, and brain break. You know, I'm going to get some water, move I'll, around a yeah, little bit. I'll do some. Well, usually I'm moving a lot of work, actually. I take a lot okay. of steps. Okay. Like desk workers might desk do the move around a little bit. Yeah. But like something that I might do is something that's only kind of work. You know, like I'll I'll go and I'll have a look at some Twitter mentions or I'll check sentiment on today's, today's video upload or I'll, you know, reply to some not very urgent emails that don't require a lot of thought because the human body is not designed to go full bore all the time. It's if you think it is, then you know what? Good for you. Enjoy being an amazing Superman or Superwoman or whatever. <laughs> uh, but most of us can't do it. So I think it's just I don't know. It's just it's just madness. The kind of expectations. I think the pandemic has taught us a lot. Right. On the one hand, um, you know, we've got these essential workers. But on the other hand, there's this sort of confusion that they don't want to come back to work for you know, $12 an hour or less. <laughs> what? It's like, sorry, you told us we were Why essential. Not? You told us we were essential. So like, now what? Now what, what's up? I mean, have you seen those signs? not worth very much to the company, nerd. Way have, to get underpaid. Have you seen those signs, those like salty signs on like fast food restaurants and stuff? Sorry, no we, one wants to work anymore. Yeah, yeah no yeah, one those. wants to work anymore. It's like, no, no one wants to work for what is the equivalent of way below minimum wage 30, 40 years ago. That's what no one wants to work for. Anyway, that's a whole separate conversation. Uh, 16 gig RAM iPads underperforming something something. Apparently, there's still some optimization that needs to be done in iPad OS to make sure that they can make full use of their RAM. Okay, uh, and I guess that's pretty much it for the show. Other than I should probably go through some super chats. All right, Lori O asks LTT laptop bag. Robert Mail says there's no non-boring topics. The index two is getting freaking laser beams. Okay, yeah, that's that that's rumored. We don't know that for sure, but it does look like the index two will be moving to inside out tracking. So maybe I won't have to worry oh, so much nice. about 
uh, base station mounting points and power in the ceiling at my new house. So that's neat, except that I will have to because I'm using an index one. So I guess I have to worry about how to do that and then how to patch holes. Um, <laughs> Thrackerzod says, has someone who works for, as someone who works for Amazon, I can say the company is definitely very out of touch. Just thought you should know your feelings are justified. Have some of Amazon's oh, yeah. money. Um, I kind of feel <laughs> bad taking it from you, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The Rolling Hat says, how are the 12K cameras going? Did they end up being worth switching from the 8K Red? So, oh, it's complicated. Oh, Lord, is it ever complicated. They have issues with recording over USB, which we shouldn't have found that surprising, but it's still pretty frustrating. Um, they are not really higher resolution than Red's 8K image. Not really, because there's more noise in them. Uh, the, yeah, I don't know. They're... Okay, we're exploring other options. We're actually looking, maybe going back to Sony. What is it, the FX6, I think? FX3? can't remember. Really? Um, Schmin says, LMG focuses on high-res content, but you upload in 30 FPS. It usually doesn't matter, but the office tour is noticeable with all the extra camera movement. Why stay at 30 and not 50 or 60? The reason is that my camera department would mutiny. They don't want to shoot 60 FPS content, and if I force them... I legitimately think one or more of them would quit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is what it is. Abder says, lockdown should end soon with vaccines. Scrapyard war, when and where? I don't know if we'll ever do another scrapyard wars, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, we've kind of seen that through to a certain degree. And honestly, the one, I think it's kind of been seen through. And two, I, I, the, the environment right now is just terrible. Like, I think Scrapyard Wars accomplished its goal, to be honest. Yeah. The goal that Scrapyard Wars had when we first did it was to encourage people to not just buy new things, to spend uh, a little bit of effort, check the used market, and potentially save a huge amount of money. Learn that about computers. Now, you know? Yes. Be an yeah. informed consumer. Informed consumers don't always buy the newest, shiniest object. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's quite ingrained in the culture now. And yep. I think a lot of that came from Scrapyard Wars. I think we can be very happy about that. Yep. We also... Um, it's been a bit exhausted. Yeah, we also, I think, showed that you can be a PC gamer for a few hundred dollars. There was yeah. a perception not that long ago that PC gaming, Master Race, whatever, had this, this barrier to entry where if you didn't have $1,000 to spend, there was sort of this elitist... And there was a community of the, there was a part of the PC community that unironically felt this way. Um, and I think we kind of dispelled that. We kind of went, no, you don't have to have $1,000 to, yeah. and run at the highest resolution to be a PC gamer. And I mean, curiously, you can still run at the highest resolutions, which we showed, and not spend $1,000. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't know. I think that was a really good thing. It's yeah, it's funny. I was reading a, I was reading a spectacularly stupid tweet today where someone was like, oh, yeah, that Linus guy, you mean the one that doesn't think there's any problem with the term PC master race? And it's like, you clearly just have no idea what that term means or, or ever meant. It's 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 ironic. We are. We're, yeah, we're, a self -joke. we're a taking self we're taking the piss. We're not actually supporting, you know, eugenics or, you know, what, whatever it is that you, you think it's about. It's about making fun of it. Um, the PC master race is is a, a satirical term. And even the even the subreddit that is now probably the most kind of 
uh, you know, famous community of people who fly willingly under that banner. Even the subreddit is very clear that you don't have to even have a computer. You just have to you just have to love PC gaming. It's not about being exclusionary. It's about being inclusive. Yeah. So you've yeah. clearly misunderstood. It's a little, it's a little weird, but yeah. You've misunderstood. You're you're getting hung up on the words and you're misunderstanding the meaning. The original meaning was to make fun of PC snobs, and then PC snobs co-opted it and also did some introspection and kind of went, oh yeah, there's no reason to be snobby about this. Uh, everyone should be welcome. And now, no, I don't see a problem with the term because words are what they mean. And that's what it means. And if you choose to put your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that, it means what I want it to mean. Well, that's on you. I, I can't yeah. really, I can't do anything about that. So go so, go be mad, so, right? Like, what do you want so from to me? So to quickly summarize this Scrapyard Wars thing, yeah, um, it, it was like one of my favorite things ever as well, but I think it's kind of ran its course, kind yep. of sad, but the old episodes are always there. Um, and I think LTT will find new and inventive ways to get across those messages when they deem fit. I think the 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 used market is not wanting or needing that right now anyways. Yeah, no kidding. Um, not even remotely. So I think there's there's yeah. Yeah, that's about it. All right. Um let's go ahead and see if there's anything else in here. Uh, Tyler B says, is there any way we could easily secure our personal data most of the time without changing our daily lives too much? We've actually been thinking of doing like a de-Googleify your life or like a de-cloudify your life kind of video. The problem is that that type of content really doesn't perform well for us. No, so it's well the kind well. of thing that when the channel's doing well, we'll do it anyway and just kind of eat it. Um, but yes, it is something that we're planning to do, but probably not for the time being. Uh, Dom says, love my keyboard shirt. Got one of each color, even the limited edition one. Very nice. Uh, but my daughter, who has green keycaps, wants a green version. You know what? The <laughs> keyboard shirt hasn't been one of our most successful um, products. So I can't promise that you will see any more versions of that. Uh, it's G-Man says, have you seen Discord's rebranding? Yes. It's all right. I don't know. I don't really think it looks better personally. I don't think it looks worse. I just don't really care. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, Nathan asks, would you ever have a French channel? I wouldn't not have a French channel, but I don't think it's really in the works uh, right now. Uh, Phantom says, I do anal segs. All right. I think you might have mistyped that, but um, okay. Cool. Oh, Tyler B says, show us the burb, please. Uh, that's not the easiest thing to do. Uh, also, while they have been chatting, they were supposed to be asleep from the show, so they wouldn't be too loud. But I will I will maybe work on it. Yeah, give me a second. Sure. Uh, Random Noise says, hey, guys, I'm sorry that's off topic, but I'd like to suggest a request to build. I'm a truck driver. I want to build a computer that's easy to move around with no compromises. I really don't like laptops. Um, yeah, I mean, we've done some really compact builds lately. You should probably check those out. Uh, otherwise, like a super portable build, we've been considering doing like the divorced parents PC for a while. And uh, so the idea would be that it includes a, a really portable PC and also peripherals. I think it's still on the agenda, but it's just something that's been kind of kicked down the road a handful of times for more time sensitive projects. Uh, Phantom says, I have severe industrial grade unstoppable diarrhea. I wouldn't normally have read that, but um, Phantom sent a hundred New Zealand dollars, whatever that is, for me to read it. So I guess here we are. 
Sent using Starlink from my Sunseeker 155 yacht. Okay. Hey, it's Burb. Burb, Burb, Burb. I had like a blanket cover on them and I just lifted it off and then I shoved this camera in their face. So I think they're just like, wait, what? But you can see uh, the green one, also known as Wally, um, like Wally from the, the movie. Um, he has one foot up, meaning he's very comfortable. And he's doing some little beat grinding, which also means he's very comfortable. And the other one, the one in the back named Scoop, that's where he often sleeps. So he's just kind of chilling. He was relaxed, just hanging out under the blanket. They were sleeping during the show. Yeah. PMD says Scrapyard Wars, but all parts must be pre-2010. <laughs> just going to play us play some classic games, right? Uh, Opsar says AMC GME YOLO update. Um, I mean, there's not much of an update. I tweeted yesterday. I'm still holding. It's not a very good idea. Um, you know, I wouldn't recommend it, but technically get this Luke. I am, mm, I am up. up. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard there's been an AMC rally or something. I'm not following it closely. Yeah. Enough, AMC but... is like double what I paid for it. Um, which is the dumbest thing ever. But is that the moon? I don't know anything. I, I just like movies, you know? Um, I just, I just like movies. Yeah, I just, I just, I just like, like the stock. I just like movies. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend getting into this at all, guys. Uh, GME's down 13% today. AMC's actually down today, but it rallied so much over the last little bit that it's like, yeah, so on the original 50 grand into... GME, AMC, and BCRX, which were all Wall Street Bets stocks that I was like, here we go, wealth redistribution. I'm actually up seven grand. Um, so it's been redistributed to me now. But you only make money if you sell. So since I'm a smooth-brained ape and I have diamond hands, I guess I haven't made any money. But that also means I never lost any money, even when the portfolio was worth half of what I paid. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. I, I'm not even paying attention to it anymore, to be perfectly honest with you guys. It's just, it's it's there. Um, like I said before, to me, this is more about uh, just redistribution of wealth. Um, someone who needs it more than me is going to end up with it. That's that's what I expect to happen. I, I think I'm probably am not going to do any more updates on it. I think it's just not really necessary. I think to the vast majority of the audience, it's not that interesting and that it's kind uh of, kind of past yeah. yeah that that crowd can can keep doing their whole thing <laughs> float plane chats just like line to sell just sell it just sell it i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know dj spark says i'm doing quite well on the corsair ipo oh, that's interesting oh sorry that's not what i meant to do um Okay, yeah, I guess they went up at like 15 and they're worth like 30 now. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. I wasn't, I mean, I was really uncertain at the time. I told you guys, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know, I don't really get it. They're already number one or number two in basically every space they participate in. And so I see them continuing to be a very profitable company, but a lot of the time that's not the way stocks work. Just like right. being a, a high-functioning, profitable company doesn't seem to be enough. You have to, you have to be growing. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it for the WAN show for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Oh, no, I have one more thing. Hey, Luke. Uh, hey. David, 
Did I ever tell you David figured after a week he could beat me in Beat Saber? Yeah. I've never played it before. It's official. When is that? He and I are going to be streaming, uh, hopefully, hopefully. This our, The plan is for uh, he and I to stream on Sunday night. And this will be his his initial like experience in Beat Saber. Um, so obviously it's going to be a like a show. Um, Wait, and then, so this is his day one. Yeah. So you're going to compete with him on day one, and then you're going to see the improvement over on the day course seven. Of a week. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see if he can if he can beat me on day seven. He says that he is like a rock band god. In his words, he's very uh, modest about it. So he says he's a rock band god, and that he is yeah, I was amazing super at rhythm good games. At rock band too. Those, uh, those. That's not the, that's not the skill transfer that I think you think it is. But um, he apparently was a drummer for like 15 years, though. I could see that being okay. somewhat okay. applicable, like real, like real life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. So very, very musical. Um, grade 10 piano. He was listing all of his credentials for me today. Um, well, he talked about how he was going to wreck me. Um, he's much stronger than me. So in terms of like, like just arm strength, like going rah, back and forth and stuff, you know, he's probably got an endurance advantage. Um, but strength what's, and endurance are not the same thing, but okay. what's hard for, I think people who haven't really played to understand is that none of those things are going to matter. Yeah. Because yep. it's all about form. And conveniently, yep. the sport that I play, which is not rock band, um, is which is badminton, uh, has a very similar stroke and has a very similar accuracy tolerance to Beat Saber. That's why I picked it up really quickly. I suspect he is going to get into it and realize that he can hit the boxes, but that his swings are not accurate enough to get any kind of decent score. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll I could see. be wrong. Yeah. He could crush yeah. me. And then I would be yeah. really embarrassed about coming out and talking smack on the WAN show like this. But yeah, uh, yeah his uh, surprise with a Z and I don't know, there's an, I think there's an underscore. There's an underscore as the U. He, yeah. needs a, he needs a new, he needs a new handle. Um, it's a little complicated. He's surprised yeah. on Twitch and then I'll probably be on the uh, Linus Tech Twitch account Sunday night. That's the plan. So we'll see how it goes. That's exciting. That's genuinely quite exciting. Apparently, Mark Zuckerberg uploaded a video of him playing Beat Saber. Beat him instead. I'm I'm pretty sure I could handle him. I'm pretty yeah, sure I, I could take him. Yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah. All right. Later, guys. Bye. Blue Sky wants us to play Star Citizen again. That was so much. I wasn't able to join him last time, though. Riley actually played it recently. Yeah.